So uh, one or two people might have mentioned that it's Mother's Day today. So if you forgot, you should see a neurologist about your short-term memory. But you're very welcome here. This is the perfect church for you. Because uh, it's Mother's Day, I'll tell you again. And uh, it's funny because uh, I am not a mom, and here I am talking on Mother's Day, although there is a being that thinks that I am a mom. Uh, it's this piano. I'm just kidding. It's the slide that's going to go up there. Hey! Wow, that is a sparkling background, guys. This is our new cat, Justin. Justin believes firmly in his heart that I am his mom. He likes to uh, run up, try to lick the inside of my ear, and then he will collapse down into this position. I have never, I, this is my sixth cat. I've never had a cat that wanted to be held cradled like a baby before. <laughs> and just, he'll sit there forever. Um, so this is the only being that I'm a mom for. Jesse asked me, so what do you think, Carl? Do you like being a mom? I said, it's being a mom is kind of a lot. Like, this cat runs full force at me and then won't let me leave. And it's just, needs to, to cuddle and everything. And in our house, um, being a mom is a lot. Here's Jesse being a mom. That's, uh, if you can't tell, that's Amos. That's uh, his head on the bottom. And his rear end up at the top by Jesse's ear. Um, this was a selfie because Jesse couldn't free her hands up enough to take the normal picture, which is him just full torso wrapped around her face, which is how Amos spends a lot of his time with his mom. So the, the beings in our house take their experiences with mom very intensely. Um, yes. Uh, Amos has got a little sniffle, so Amos and mom are home today. Hi, Amos. Hi, Jesse. And Max. And everyone else. Um, but yeah, I wanted to talk today, the whole sermon, uh, it's just coming through, it's about maternal love. Uh, and I appreciate some of the things that Rachel did to acknowledge that for some people, Mother's Day, mother love, all of that can be complicated for a whole bunch of different reasons. There's ways in which that, that can create some tension and some struggle, uh, along with some, some sweetness. And so we're talking about this conceptually. And my hope is that if you don't have a good example of mother love, that you can imagine one from a story or something. But if you do, please draw on the experiences of, of good mother love that you have in your life. Um, and we'll try to hold those concepts together as we go forward. Is that okay? All right. Um, so we're going to do a little congregational participation. Um, and I'm going to invite you to, to shout some things out. So when you think about maternal love, mother's love, what are the words, concepts that you think of? Anybody? Sacrifice. A self-sacrificing love. That's on my list. What else? Comfort. A comforting love. Yes. Absolutely. What else? Wisdom. Yes. A mother's wise love. What else? Snickerdoodles, yes, a pastry, um, sort of arguably a cookie. Okay, fair enough. We'll continue our gourmand conversation at length later on. What else? Guidance and what? 
Taxi? Taxi, yes. Uh, falls under self-sacrifice, I think you'll find. <laughs> For sure. Gentleness, oh yes, that's, that's very good. What else? Sustaining, a sustaining love. What else? Faithfulness, enduring love, yes. What else? Unconditional love, yes. Yes. Well, this is a really good list. Um, I uh, think it's, it's interesting how broad these concepts are and yet how cohesive they seem. There's so much that comes into being a mother and yet they go together so well. Um, so my contention is that God's love is a, a maternal love in, in part also. And so I wanted to explore, through the lens of some of these concepts that we've talked about, some scripture um, that illustrates these kinds of love. So the first one I have here is from the creation narrative. So one of the things that moms do that is create life, to, to, to bring uh, life into the world. And so um, we look at God doing that. Uh, Daniel talks about that. The, the mother, Holy Spirit, hovers over the waters and births the world. So God said, let us make... Uh, sorry, this is Genesis 1, 26 through 31a. God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. And so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. Mamas, give snickerdoodles. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And this is what happened. And God looked over all that he made, and he saw that it was very good. So our mother God makes beings like herself. This is a mother thing to do. And then provides the food to nourish them. And then because God is so motherly, food for all the other beasts as well, everything is taken care of. And it was very good. This next one, oh, you guys. God's love as a mom. And mom's love spills out so often beyond their own biological children. Uh, mom's love beyond... Their families, they can't stop. There's an adopting love that comes from mom. And this is, um, this one touches me on that. This is from Deuteronomy 32, 9 through 14 and 18. For the people of Israel belong to the Lord. Jacob is his special possession. He found them in a desert land, in an empty howling wasteland. He surrounded them and watched over them. He guarded them as he would guard his own eyes. Like an eagle that rouses her chicks and hovers over her young, he spread his wings to take them up. He carried them safely in his pinions. God alone guided them. They, allowed, they followed no foreign gods. 
He let them ride over the highlands and feast on the crops of the land. He nourished them with honey from the rock and olive oil from the stony ground. He fed them yogurt from the herd and milk from the flock together with the fat of lambs. He gave them choice rams from Bashan and goats together with the choicest wheat. You drank the finest wine made from the juice of grapes. And then in 18, you neglected the rock who fathered you. You forgot the God who gave you birth. So we have here the story of how God adopted this people of Israel and gave them again, nourished them with wonderful, sumptuous and rich food and took care of them. But that sometimes we forget our moms. Um, Psalm 36, 7 through 9. How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity, all humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. You feed them from the abundance of your own house, letting them drink from your river of delights, for you are the fountain of life, the light by which we all see, the fountain of life. This is a, an intimate image in the maternal sense, um, but a powerful one for people who have experience of it. Uh, this one is Jesse's favorite, uh, Isaiah 46, 3 through 4. Listen to me, descendants of Jacob, all who remain in Israel. I have cared for you since you were born. Yes, I carried you before you were born. I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I made you and I will care for you and I will carry you along and save you. Our, our mother is our mother forever, no matter how old we are. Has anybody seen, I thought about trying to put it up. Um, there's a wonderful picture of uh, like a 90-year-old woman uh, giving candy to her 70-year-old daughter um, because a mom's always a mom, forever. And then uh, the passage that Daniel referenced, Matthew 23, 37, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers, how often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. God wants to gather. Jesus wanted to gather the children. And there's some passages here about Jesus' self-sacrificing love. We know that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life. I think that the self-sacrificing maternal love we see in God, you know, we know... Um, yeah, that mothers, both biologically and in, in nurturing, are self-sacrificing. We see this too in Philippians 2, 3 through 8, um, that Jesus did not cling to his godhood, but emptied himself out to become, the, this passage says, the position of a slave and humbled himself to obedience to God and the criminal's death on a cross to save us. To me, all of these and so, so many other passages throughout the Bible are powerful illustrations of maternal love, of mother's love, that we see God um, embodying. And I can imagine that. I can read these scriptures and think about God doing maternal love stuff, right? That seems fine. 
But for me at least, and maybe this sermon at this point becomes very personal and irrelevant for all of you, we'll find out. When I imagine these stories, when I imagine God doing this stuff, I imagine like a grandpa. I imagine an old man kind of being maternal, a little like with the kiddos kind of thing, like, oh, oh, let me get you some honey from the rock kind of thing. That's the picture of my mind. And I think that what I'm doing is trying to put a little Yahweh on Zeus. Because there's such a strong conception of God the Father. Read a Far Side cartoon uh, of this dude with a big beard up in the sky, mostly with lightning bolts, but right now he's being real nice, right? That's the picture. And so we, we can reskin our Greek God a little bit. And we know Jesus. Jesus is just all right with me. But, but it's hard to conceive sometimes of God as a mother. We think more in terms of like a kind of maternal dude who's, who's in a good mood right now. Grandpa did his crossword and he's going to be all right. But there's a problem for us in this because I think that our conception of God is vital to what it is to live this life and to be a Christian, right? Really at its core, being a Christian is about being in a relationship, you guys have heard this before, with God and, and joining with him and pursuing this kingdom thing. And so understanding who he is and what he's like is important. But the pronouns I've been using get in the way sometimes. And the pictures are a problem. God is not a man. God is not a man. It's really important that you know that. Um, God can't be imaged by one gender alone. Uh, there's reference to this. We see right at the beginning of the passages I talked about that, that God made humanity in his image, male and female. And I think the, the concept here is that God is, is beyond being a gendered being. God isn't fully embodied just by one thing. There's a lot of things about God that can't be fully expressed in one example. Um, Job says in 11, uh, 7 through 9, Can you fathom the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens above. What can you do? They are deeper than the depths below. What can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. Paul says in a little slice out where he's talking to Timothy in, in 1 Timothy 16, 6, 16, God, who alone is immortal and lives in unapproachable light, who no one has seen or can see. And in John, in the opening poem of John, one of my favorite pieces of scripture, this is, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, okay? Later on in this piece, down in uh, verse 18, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in closest relationship with God, has made him known. And we camp out on this passage, and others like it all the time, for doing theology well, it is my fervent belief you need to always look through the image of Jesus. Because Jesus is the one who best expresses to us, and most fully, the character of God. Jesus tells us who God is. 
but I will, treading out into the waters a bit, say not everything about Jesus fully expresses everything about who God, all of God, the whole Trinity is. God does not have ten fingers and ten toes, except for in as much as partially God does, when God is also Jesus. It's mysterious. But the humanity of Jesus is an important expression, and the maleness is an important expression of who God is, except for it's not all there is. There's cannot be fully apprehended and seen. This is why it's so important to embrace diverse connections in our faith life and our life together. Because the kinds of people we can engage with, the more of the expression of who God is can be received by us in different genders and different um, backgrounds, ethnicities. We can learn more and more of what God has given to different kinds of people. Because God is so vast, even with all of that, you'll never be, she'll never be fully apprehended. So it's important that we understand that, that the masculine pronoun and maleness does not encompass all of who God is. That, that there is a deep maternal feminine part of, of God as well that is also not all. Even together, it's not everything. But we don't want to say that, that God's love is like a mother's love, which is what I'm inclined to say. The old man is sometimes is kind of like a mom. In fact, maternal love, mother's love, this deep self-sacrificing, nourishing, caring, raising, sustaining, faithful love, finds its origin in our God. A mom is being like the God that we have. God's maternal mother love heart is the root and expression that mother's love comes from. It's just a part of the vastness of our God's incredible love. We need to believe it. We need to understand it. The God, the mother. God who creates us. God who defends us. God who nourishes us, who sacrifices for us, who heals us, who raises us up. And a God who, like mother, will never, never, never forsake us. A God who pursues us. A God for whom it will always be home for you. This is God the mother that we, we need to get to know. And so I do, on this Mother's Day, want to thank our moms who help us to know this part of God, this part that is, in our culture, so underrepresented, where we will toss a little bit of maternal at God when it's so vital to who God is. So I will say to my mom, who is either watching or will, thank you, Mom, for showing me who God is. And thank you to Jesse and to my grandmother and to my, my, my aunts and, uh, and to many in my life who have expressed mother love to me to help me understand that part of God. So we, we say thank you. Can we just say thank you, moms? And for our, our moms and the maternals in our life who have not always been able to be the perfect mom, which is all people... We forgive you. We will work to forgive you if we can't do it right now. Because we know 
that we would love you to be God the Mother and you are just a person at the end of the day. So we, 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 we forgive and we work to forgive the moms who didn't. And we pray for all the moms that they would just keep momming and that you would be deeply rooted in the origin of the mother love that is our God. Um, let's go ahead and have the band come back up. And you can stand. Kelly, I love you so much. Thank you for reminding me. Um, for all of us, this might feel, for some of you who are more on the masculine side of things, like, not a super relevant sermon. Like, you're not a mom. I have great news. You can be a mom. In some ways, you can express that maternal love, that mother love that we're talking about. There's no barrier to anyone here engaging in a self-sacrificing, healing, nourishing, raising, protecting kind of love. And in fact, you probably should. You should look in your life for what relationships you have that you are being invited to be a mom in. Maybe, maybe you've been raised in such a way that as a, 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 either, you know, whatever your circumstances, that you don't feel like you should be a mom. Maybe, like, you're not a mom, and so you're like, well, it's not my business, or you're a, a, a masculine, a male person who feels like, well, I'm not meant to in, indulge that side of me. I have to be the other kinds of love. You can be all the kinds of love, friends. You can express a paternal love and a maternal love and a sibling love and a creature's love for each other. And you should. So I, I want to encourage you today to consider how you could love like a mom. Who is God inviting you to, to do that with today? We're going to join together in... Um, an acknowledgement of Jesus' love for us, but a, a love that we express in this tradition in a maternal way by eating and drinking. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and, and broke it, and he said, this is my body broken for you, self-sacrifice. Do this in remembrance of me. And he took the bread. And the same way he took the cup, he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Drink from it. And so we join with our, our brother, Jesus, and in the expression of the mother love of the Holy Spirit as we take this communion together. God bless you. Uh, if the prayer people would come forward for anybody who would like prayer today. Um, about anything about moms or anything else you need prayer for, physical, uh, mental, emotional. God bless you.